Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. What? Undertaker saying that you'll take those rattlesnake fangs and stick them right in my ass. No, and I feel like it's the kind of thing I would have remembered. Uh, me too. Oh, well, that's our new music. Do you like it? It, it, it works for me, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Some of those get me a bit. I do laugh at some of them. It's good. A little, a little bit of wrestling chat, a little bit of Phil from Modern Family. Was that his name, yeah. Phil? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Phil Dunphy, there you go. He was a yeah, legend. That's it. Yeah. Welcome everybody to episode 37. I am dead in the late, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dead. It's gone. Because uh, I was uh, had some wrestling podcast on the other day and that's exactly how the guy introduced it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, so, that's, that's done. <laughs> As, it's isn't disappointing because that... it, was, your, was, it, was it yours first? I mean, when did they start doing that, whoever that I, is? I don't know. I never even looked into it. We need to be innovators. We're we're wolf in this place, no sheep. Are we? <laughs> I don't know what we are at this stage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so episode 37. We're in the year 2000. And as I, I've been putting off doing year 2000 pay-per-views because I've been living in hope one day that you might agree to us doing a little murder mystery tour of the year 2000 again. However, I may have seen the light after watching this pay-per-view. Okay. Um, But yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, This was my pick, Judgment Day 2000. And basically I picked it because of the Iron Man match, because of Triple H versus The Rock. Um, I watched Backlash 2000 before it, where they also have a main event, which is pretty good. I can't remember the exact details of it. I want to say Shane McMahon was the, the special guest referee in that one. Correct. Possibly. Or it was maybe Triple H and Shane versus The Rock or something uh, equally gimmicky and silly. But yeah, the, the, the main reason for picking this pay-per-view was definitely the Iron Man match. So before we get into it, shall we do the usual? I've got some facts about May 2000 to shock and entertain you with and make you probably quite depressed. Yeah, it sounds, even just hearing the date, it sounds recent and it's not. Wildly recent. Yeah. Yeah. Some of this conversation the other day, I was saying 1997 to me, I think I've said this before, it feels relatively recent. Like, yeah, that's like that just happened. Worse, yeah. Aye. Yeah. And COVID's just made it worse. So in May 2000, we got the film premiere of Ridley Scott's Oscar-winning film Gladiator. Okay. Starring Russell Crowe. Um, the Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem's second album, was released. Fuck. <laughs> He's pro- How many albums he released since then? Oh, 
many subpar albums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real Madrid beat Valencia 3-0 to win the UEFA Champions League. Okay. Um, I thought that... was That the, that wasn't the Hamden game, eh? No, that was Leverkusen. Madrid and Leverkusen. Was it Hamden? Yeah. Nice. The Zidane um, classic yeah. volley. Um, we've got a notable birth here. Let's, let's see if you can guess who this would be. So... A, a current nah, you're never gonna guess. I was gonna say a current WWE superstar, but you 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 probably don't know like fifty percent of the roster. Yeah. So, an American Olympic gold medalist and current WWE superstar, like born on that date in in, in May two thousand. Yeah. Nah. Uh, Gable Stevenson. Ah, uh, that's yeah. I know the name. Never actually seen him perform in any way, but I know the name. Nah, nah, me neither. Um, and a notable marriage where they were probably drinking each other's blood, and it wasn't Gangrel. It was um, Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie. Okay. I mean, Bill- some of that doesn't sound like it should be that long ago. Some of it does. Yeah. <sighs> Billy Bob Thornton taking punch into the nth degree there. Um, UK chart number one. What you want to take a guess, or do you want me just to tell you and just get into the wrestling? <laughs> just go for it. I, I just I, I, I've never really got one of these, so yeah. Okay. Put me out of my misery. I think you might be a fan of this. I was going to say this young lady, but I'm sure she's not yet. Billy Piper. The song was called Day and Night. Does it ring any actually, bells? No, nah, it doesn't ring a bell. And uh, the U- it didn't for me either, but then I listened to it on Spotify. US chart number one is Maria Maria by Carlos Santana. Okay. And a cast of others. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Eye opening. <laughs> you, you seem riveted. So <laughs> let's get into this pay per view. We're in Louisville. Kentucky, not Louisville, Kentucky. That is a an inside joke. If you've seen the pay per view, you're looking at me with a completely straight face. As a reference to the the cheap heat that that Christian was getting. Um, yeah, we're, we're smack bang in the middle of the year. We've just come off a shit WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania shit. 2000 with the McMahon in every corner. Um, yeah. Probably about as as, as crap a WrestleMania main event as you can get. Yeah, uh, there's some. Work, yeah. Nah. But like I said, the backlash after it was really good. Um, and this pay per view is really good. Fair? Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I, 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 when you said where it was going to be, it's one of those where, like, I remembered the main event without remembering the detail of it, I have to be honest. Um, but I didn't really remember what else was going on here in terms of storylines that, that others are involved in. Um, and it's, yeah, it was, I, I enjoyed it. Like going back, looking back, watching it, I enjoyed it. There's a lot of good stuff on it, but it's obviously all about the main event, really. But, you know, some of the other stuff's mm-hmm. quite, quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah, uh, sums up pr- pretty nicely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so, to kick us off, we've got a bit of a gimmicky 60-minute themed video package. Um, WWE, or WWF at this time. Uh, 
telling you know telling all their audience that the number of people that die in 60 minutes that was incredibly uplifting and all these sort yeah. of things um and then we're, we're straight into jr and jerry king lawler welcome us to wwe judgment day brought to you by army men world war the video game nice does what it says in the tin i guess yeah. um and this you know you're in the year 2000 because we're immediately straight backstage with the mcmahon helmsley faction and dx yeah. um their game plan and their respective matches so you i don't really remember dx being part of this whole thing with vince no it's... neither did i when when it was starting i was thinking like i think it there's you see like stephanie and triple h and all that and then you start seeing others and i remember being a little bit surprised when you've got like road dog next pack sitting there because in, in my mind that was two totally different like parts of triple h's career but mm-hmm. no, apparently not um and yeah so they're sitting around game planning and this is all interrupted because gerald briscoe i think briscoe gets sent for the coffees yeah he does yeah and as he walks out the room, the headbangers, he's wearing the hardcore championship belt as if it's like his normal belt, which I quite appreciate. That does seem like the sort of thing that Gerald Briscoe would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And yeah, last time we spoke about Deadly Game and that pay-per-view was centred around the boss man. This one is centred around Gerald Briscoe, the hardcore ch- in the hardcore championship. Uh, it's quite entertaining. The headbangers <laughs> this- attack him. There's there's quite a few appearances, isn't there? Um, mm. As as we go through, which is I don't know, you would never picture Gerald Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe making quite as many appearances on a pay per view as this. But I thought he sold the whole thing quite well. It's it's over the top and it's a bit daft, but he he's he's committed to the part. Yes, it's entertaining, definitely is. Um, so after we see the headbangers attacking Briscoe, we then cut to a sort of classic thing that they do on Raw when. Uh, you know they're just going before the break and you see two competitors walk that are going in the main event walking down like just walking down a hallway somewhere but this is Shawn michaels dressed in his tight 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 shorts he's all dressed ready for the main event already he's still got you know he's got an hour and a half to wait mm-hmm. yeah the shorts some... yeah uh, yeah it's a bit they're a bit much um He's got some, he's probably, I don't know, playing second fiddle just to Briscoe here because we see him at a few segments uh, sort of either being interviewed or uh, meeting in, in dark corners with participants in the yeah. match and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think we talked about uh, some point a couple of weeks ago, we, like, we weren't sure quite where Michaels would have been here like because he's obviously left. He hasn't come back yet. Um I think there's a couple of times they tried to bring him back in in various roles, and maybe he wasn't uh, in the, the right sort of mental frame of mind to be back. Um, and I, I wasn't sure if that was maybe still the case here to some extent. Mm. Yeah, I think he'd been commissioner at this point by this point, hadn't he? and he'd mm-hmm. he'd been like, a, did they try to bring him back on the commentary team for a little bit, and it didn't work as well. Yeah, like um, and I think all all of them were quite brief. Uh, every every attempt, and we're still about two years away, maybe from him coming back uh, right. as a as an actual wrestler. And he'd uh, for the for the very first episode of SmackDown, he'd guest refed a match between Triple H 
and The Rock. Um, and I think this is referenced by The Rock because Shawn Michaels hit some of the switch of music during that match, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, out to the ring. We get some wrestling. If this is if that's what you want to call this wrestling, but yeah, we get who do we get first? We get Kurt Angle coming out first. So this match is Kurt Angle, Edge, and Christian versus Too Cool and Rikishi six man tag match. Uh, always a fan of Kurt, Edge, and Christian being together. I'm guessing you are too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if I ever remember. I know it's been referenced a few times. Team Eck. Uh, but mm. I think this was the first time I remember like noticing it as that's how they're billed when they're when they're going into this match. Um, right. And I know that they were they, there was a, a lot of time on backstage segments between the three of them and things like that. And I think getting to see the the sort of comedy side of Kurt Angle, he gives a a promo here. Yes, good. <laughs> mentions teenage girls thinking he's all that. And tells a nursery rhyme, telling them to be clean and abstinent. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I can't think when, how long you would have been in the company here. Uh, uh, I think he's the back end of 99. No, right, I, okay. it's the back end of 99, so not long. Yeah. Six months. And he's, he, you know, he's, he's playing this ridiculously over-the-top pompous... Uh, Full of himself, Olympic gold medalist. But uh, I think that the pairing with him and Edging Christian works pretty well. I, they played off each other pretty well. Aye. When he says he's getting, a, he's been getting a lot of attention from teenage girls since hanging out with Edging Christian. Jerry Lawler sounded a little bit too excited for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, he cuts that promo. Then we get Edging Christian coming out. I've I've written down here. This is obviously at a point where Edge and Christian have found their charisma. I, f- I find Edge really funny here. Yeah, he's just like it's uh, just I don't know. They're like surfer, goofy type characters are playing. They're funny. There's something I don't know why. It's maybe because we've then seen the characters Edge becomes later on in his career. I don't know if that makes it funnier what he's like here. Maybe because uh, he's, he's he's so usually nowadays he's so straight. Uh, and there's a, you know, a seriousness to the characters and things like that. Where it's just he's just having a laugh here. It's pretty aye, funny. hundred percent. So they they do it. They get a bit of cheap heat for the crowd, and they're doing the whole hillbilly thing and all that sort of stuff. It's pretty funny. Jr. Eh, King's laugh, over the top laugh, and it is. I think it adds to it, makes it even funnier. Yeah. Um, then we get Too Cool and Rikishi coming out, and my God, how ridiculously over. <laughs> Are them as they come out? It's, it's amazing. Like they're they're one of these teams. Even I think when they had Rikishi with them, and they're entertaining. They're not. I never thought they're there to be taken too seriously. But then you bring in the Rikishi element, who has his serious moments throughout his career, but just looks like somebody who could absolutely destroy anyone that he's in the ring with. Um, and they're they're bringing out this other side of him throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, a sort of just a, a pure entertainment side, but yeah, it, I I remember always thinking, well, they were there a while and they were entertaining, but I think they were maybe for my liking at the time. I don't know if I just found them annoying after a while. I always thought they were positioned a little bit too high up the card, but that's just <laughs> me and my taste uh, and opinions. But I can see why they probably put Rikishi with them because it gives them, I think, credibility and Some it brings out this other side of him as well. Aye. 
and, and at this point in time, Edge and Christian are coming off TLC two. Are they? Yeah. Aye. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and they're tag team champions, and you know, like to go from Dudley's and the Hardys and those ridiculous matches to two cool, what seems to be positioning them as as, as in a sort of rivalry is probably a bit questionable, really. But um, aye, they're so over. And even just stupid stuff like Grandmaster Sexy doing the running man, his trousers falling down, is enough. Like the crowd are absolutely loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and Scotty too hot as well. Like just yeah, getting a tag in, doing a daft wee dance, and then bouncing around the ring, and they're they're absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I thought Christian Scotty too hot had quite good chemistry in this match. I particularly noticed them two. They seem to go back and forward quite a lot, quite well. Yeah. And I think they were both in quite a lot of the time as well. Um, both working quite a chunk of the match. Um, Christian's done some comedy here as well. Um, I've got I've got in my notes that he, uh, Scotty Scotty dominates Christian, then goes for a moonwalk and gets caught. Uh, but it's that's very much just that kind of match. Um, you've talked about the the pants down, and then um, Scotty. Uh, is actually mocking the size of the worm oh, that's right. Aye, about that's his right. own son. Um, yeah, and <laughs> if, but every time I think it happens a couple of times, Rikishi just kind of comes in and and cleans house. It just basically yep. takes everyone down and out and things like that. And it's you know, I think uh, he's. I'm trying to think when his main event push comes because I think it comes pretty abruptly. Like I think he's in basically the team with these guys and then eventually kind of turns on them and uh, ends up in some of the main event angles. Not sure how far away we would be from here, but I always feel like they always made him look strong. Mm. Like he could just win the match. If if you can get him, if he if he gets you in the ring on your own, he'll just win the match. That That's yeah. how it kind of felt like they were positioning it to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was, you know, like he's taking all three of them, roll, throwing them into the, the, term, into the corner and squashing them all. Uh, they're all randomly falling down in an angle, getting the, the stink face and all oh, that sort of I stuff. Stink face, yeah. He, he did talk on uh, one of his podcasts about the fact that it's, it's a genuine, genuinely unpleasant experience. God, it's funny watching it all those years and and just probably thinking, oh, you know, it's a funny thing. But see, going back and watching, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> really? Don't do that. Don't no. do that. So this finishes quite abruptly. Um, as you'd expect in a sort of six-man tag, there's a lot going on towards the end. Um, like you've mentioned, sort of Rikishi gets a hot tag and, and squashes all three of them a couple of times. Um, I've got Edge takes the worm from Scotty to Hottie, and then Christian just comes in and nails Rikishi with a ring bell, sort of out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Grandmaster Sexy... So Edge must be Edge is pinning Rikishi after taking the ring bell on the head. Grandmaster yeah. Sexy hits a leg drop for the top rope um, on Edge, who's pinning him, and that is enough for the win. I take it Rikishi rolls back over on top of Edge, and, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Rikishi pins Edge. Um, they they have angle trying to get into the ring to make the save, but he's just too late. Um, and then you've got uh, the the classic celebration with. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem to matter how many times they do it. The crowd are going crazy for it. But also, I think from memory, every single time Rikishi goes as if he's going to leave the ring. Yeah. And then uh, it gets talked into coming back out. And then the, 
the sunglasses have this amazing transformation on him and he, he starts leading the dancing as he always did. I need to guess a pair of these yellow sunglasses. Why didn't Bret Hart's never do that to me? Yeah. Just imagine he put them on a kid at the side of the ring and they started just dancing like Rikishi. That'd be weird. And have nothing to do with Bret Hart's gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just suddenly started imagining Bret in that gimmick doing the dancing. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he would have been happy with it. Still cutting like really, really serious promos <laughs> and never referencing it. <laughs> so we go to the backstage. Michael Cole, just, just an update on where he is as far as frosted tips are concerned. He still has his frosted tips. Um, and he is with the aforementioned pajama wearing Shawn Michaels. He um, this this made me laugh a little bit. So he says he's been hired by Linda McMahon to do a job, and that's what he'll do. Michael Cole then says there are rumours swirling on WWF.com um, that HBK is jealous of the Rock. And Michael says if it's on the internet, then it's got to be true, which is quite funny. I like the idea yeah, of rumours swirling on WWF.com like it's like I'm you know, like there's message boards and, and all that sort of stuff. I think um some of those rumours from other stuff I've heard may have been true when the rock first broke in that uh Michaels wasn't wasn't for him getting over because he was a wee bit uh worried about his spot, like they used to mm. say. Mm. Um, so I think there maybe at times was some genuine heat of some kind. But animosity. Yeah. And there was talk about Sean having been rude to, to Rock's grandmother or something like that when he'd been on a, a show in where? Hawaii? No. Uh, Am I being inappropriate and mixing up my, my islands? <laughs> no, I was going to say some more. It's even worse. Is it Hawaii, is it not? I think it is Hawaii, yeah. I think I think you're fine. Don't think you have to edit that out. All, all good. Okay. Tonga. So we go to the parking lot, I think, and we see a radiator of a car pulling in um, with Eddie and China, uh, who are just like two of the happiest people in the world, um, Mamacita and all that sort of stuff. Uh, talking to the happiest people in the world, Dimalenko appears and growls at China to stay out of their match. Um, as they're having a triple threat match for the European Championship. Perry Saturnin turns up, uh, looks both ways and says something aggressive. I, I have no idea what he said. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I don't, I don't have it in my notes, but yeah, I, I remember him doing that. I, it's, it's a funny character, Saturn. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he looked memorable. You know, he's, he's, he stood out. He's, uh, he's he had quite quite a look about him, and I'm sure I've heard uh, Bruce Pritchard say before that he was the one that physically, when they brought them all across, he caught the eye the most. Really, Not in ring work, but you know, uh, oh, right, okay. And and Vince, you know, considered to be a body guy, would look at him and think, look at that guy. But yeah, uh, I don't think had quite the same in ring talent as, as at least well, probably all the others I would say um, I'm sure he but... was like an army ranger or something like that, Right, Perry Saturn he's mm. uh, a badass maybe some, some issues over the years probably cost him having a, a lengthy run in the, in he's the... got a Tyson face tattoo now yeah have you seen him I? yeah I've seen a picture <laughs> yeah. of the tattoo yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, like I say, we've got this triple threat match. We've got Eddie with China. So the radicals have obviously split at this point, yes? Yeah, at least um, Eddie's definitely gone his own way. Um, I don't know that there was ever a big like fallout split or if it was more of a we've just got our own business to deal with type situation split. Okay. Um, but then it's you know the, the setup for the match fairly interesting given that it's I don't think it's that long ago that they were all working together as a team mm-hmm. and now it's three of them for a singles title. Aye, and and like obviously Eddie's got his own lane here as far as Latino he, he's over. Mm-hmm. Um, Perry Saturn's got his own music and and poor, poor Di Malenko's still just coming out to the Radicals music. He's like Roman with a shield. <laughs> he just ends up with the 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 chest protector and the shitty music. Um, yeah, what have you got to say about this match? I, I genuinely don't have much. I, I was a little bit annoyed at the finish, um, but yeah, uh, I don't. I, I, you know, I, I knew it was going to be very much uh, Eddie and China, and I was kind of waiting for something uh, in terms of her involvement in the finish. Um, yeah. You've you've got you know the I think what you would expect in terms of the dynamic early on where it's um, Saturn and Malenko are, are double teaming Eddie and you know the 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 commentators put the idea in your mind that it'll probably happen quite soon that you know it's a triple threat everyone wants to win the belt and then soon enough quickly enough um, Saturn hits a clothesline on on uh, Malenko and and that's kind of their their uh, team up abandoned for now. Uh, yeah. Saturn he's he's doing quite a few power moves through the match, uh dominating power early on. He's he does a gorilla press slam on, on Eddie. Um Impressive. got them it's it's like you you do get moments where one of them is just kind of standing back and there's a logic to that because there's a well I'll just let that guy do that move and yeah. then I'll try and sneak my way in. Um we've got a Malenko saving Guerrero from a, a Saturn clothesline, and I thought, well, that doesn't really make sense because you would just let him do it, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> a, a spot where Eddie manages to kick them both in the balls simultaneously, which was quite impressive. Impressive. Um, Gimmick relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eddie hits a, a few decent moves, Hurricane Rana's. Um, I think I think there's a moment in here. I've got this in my notes, and my apologies to JR if he didn't see this, but this is what okay. I heard him say in my mind. My God. I think he said, Mamacita looks bodacious. Oh, dear. Which just stood out because JR just shouldn't be saying things like that. It just doesn't sound, sound right or natural for him. I agree. He, he also... He also um, comments on what I've got here is the shittiest knee slap splash that I've ever seen from Malenko. That's not like a full-on frog splash. It's just like I'm falling off the top ropes and I'm going to slap my legs. And he's like <laughs> super impressed by us. He's, um, comp- do, do you know what move I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. What is yeah. that? Uh, I've got a few more notes about some moves in here as well. Power bomb by Malenko and Eddie goes for the Texas Clover Leaf, but uh, uh, breaks it up because Saturn's looming. Um, Love a Texas Clover Leaf. Say it every time it's class. Somebody needs to adopt that as their finisher. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Saturn and Malenko look like to me it looked like they were setting up Eddie for a doomsday device. Um but Saturn sends Eddie into the ropes, which crotches Malenko on the uh, on the turnbuckle. Um Saturn going for a top turnbuckle suplex on Malenko, but um is this, is this where the move happened you were talking about? Yep. Malenko throws Saturn off and hits that. I've got gut buster written on that. I don't know if that's the correct term. Oh, right. no, that's a different thing he does. That that, a different that was a, bit. Aye, that was a cool move. That. I must not have your move in my notes, but I, I do remember seeing it. Um, Saturn frog splash on Eddie for a two. Um, Saturn goes for the Texas Cloverleaf on Malenko. Um, yeah, yeah they all started Eddie. doing each other's yeah. sort of finishing moves. It was quite cool. Yeah, uh, Eddie with a brain buster on Saturn. Malenko breaks it. Um, Three man suplex. Saturn yep. throwing Malenko, who throws Eddie. Um, and then this is where the, the finish comes into play um, with that dastardly China on the, on the outside. Um, oh, just... she, she's been carrying a, a bunch of roses. The whole time and uh, she hits Saturn with the roses and it's like he's completely out cold um, Malenko goes to take the roses off China who's on the apron but she grabs his foot, he falls face first onto the flowers yeah. and uh, Eddie Guerrero rolls up Malenko for the win uh, to retain um, all thanks to those flowers and they get up to the top of the ramp and they're like, oh, there was a pipe in the flowers. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to our main, main star of the show, Gerald Briscoe is backstage and we see um, footage from SmackDown when he won the title. He pinned a sleeping Crash Holly backstage. And they're like, yeah, the funny Bastard. thing about this is Michael Cole's doing the commentary and he's whispering on the commentary, Gerald Briscoe wins it. He, he it's fun. like a, a finger pin, isn't uh-huh. it? Just, yeah. And the ref's just like, one, two, three. Um, so we see Briscoe, he's in the toilets and he's like crawling about the toilets. Then he, he pops his head up at the sinks and sees himself in the mirror and falls over. All the nonsense. I did, I did laugh fun. at that. It's, <laughs> it's so over the top, but I did laugh at that. Uh, and then we go to... Our next match, a non-disqualification match between Shane McMahon and which way did he go? Which way did he go? The big show. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what this. I don't really know what the backstory is here. I, I think. Um, see, at that WrestleMania you talked about, it was oh, Shane yes. that was in Big Show's corner, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And he was his guy. He's not been able to get the job done. And then it's like it's. I, I took it as Shane's just had enough with him. He's done with him. So he starts like publicly humiliating him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually totally forgot about the which way did he go thing. Um, yeah, just making a uh, big show look like this big. I don't know, dumb lug. It's kind of uh, exactly the same as that program that Shane worked with Braun Strowman. Was that a couple of years ago or something? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, this and this was when like Big Show was dressing as Hogan and stuff like that. Yeah, they were doing a he's trying to find his identity type thing, and for Show some PC. reason, finding his identity meant mimicking others. Yep. <sighs> yeah. 
And also Big Show has rap music here. As he's, I don't remember this either. It was horrendous. His, his intro music was horrendous. Yeah. Um, so this goes... Uh, this does, I was going to say this goes as, as expected. I've got hardly any notes for this. Um, Big Show's just kind of throwing him about the ring and then we get a WCW Nitro worth of people just interfering. Um, who do we get? Big Boss Man. I've got it's the star of the Deadly Game pay-per-view, the Big Boss Man. Uh, TNA came out. I don't know what Trish thought she was going to do to help with um, against the Big Show. Um, she tries to hit a low blow, but it doesn't have any effect. No. He, he picks her up and launches her out out of the ring onto Testin Albert. Um, who else we got? Bull Buchanan appears out of nowhere. Yeah. Albert yeah. makes a lot of noise when he's doing moves in the worst. I don't think he picked up on that. It's, it's, it doesn't do much to enhance his, his manoeuvres. Anyway, um, so they, they kind of beat him up. They beat Big Show up all the way up the entrance ramp. And I thought this was where Shane does his first ever sort of gigantic dive thing. But that must be yeah. a different match against Big Show. Do you remember yeah. him, like Test was yeah. holding him down and Shane crosses himself and, and dives off? I think similar to you, I was kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, he starts climbing the thing as well, doesn't he? The scaffold. Yeah. But it, the, it, the, I'm assuming the coming off it comes after this at some point, um, because you've got Maybe to do a rematch or something. Yeah, you've you've got to think that Show will get his win and Shane will get his come up. And it's not always, doesn't always work out like that, <laughs> but it did feel like the whole thing was being built for that, and then the uh, Shane goes over here, <laughs> and and the finish is even worse than Shane just like taking a circus dive off the top of that thing. Um, we get a really fake looking speaker explosion. Is it is it Bill Buchanan that pushes it on Big yeah. Show's leg? Yeah. Um, and then Shane picks up uh, what what do you call that? Cinder Concrete block? block, cinder block, um, and mashes it over Big Show's head. It looks like the sort of kinetic sand that my kids play with. Mm. Yeah. Not not that I'm suggesting they should be actually taking a cement block to the head, but. You know, it was a shit finish. And this is why I, I'm glad we're not doing all of 2000 because I would just get annoyed. <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, I, I found that match quite annoying and irritating because, like you say, it's just constant run-ins and interference. And the big show, when it's one-on-one, -on -one, is so completely dominant. And it's just Shane running for his life and then getting all the help in the world and and getting away and uh, the thing i don't like see when things look as fake like the speaker and the cinder block mm -hmm. just come up with something else if it's not if you can't make it look good just come up with something else yeah <sighs> remember in the the rumble that horrendous rumble match between uh mankind and the rock and uh you know like mankind's just taking an absolute whooping I think Rock throws him into a speaker then and it start. you know, you get the fireworks and all that. Yeah. That came across quite legit. This thing's mm. sparking before it even hits the big show. <laughs> Come on, lads. Um, what we got here, more Briscoe shenanigans. Unfor apparently, I've, I've, I've had enough of these shenanigans <laughs> and now I'm bored to write it down, but I think he thinks he's going to be attacked by like two catering workers or something like that and just ends up attacking them. 
is this one the one or have I missed one? Is this I've got that he oh, so goes the to try and, yeah, find a, a place to relax and it's the referee room and then he gets really jumpy around the refs. And to be fair, they're they're starting to look a bit shifty. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he, he he has to get the hell out of there. He's like, I need to get some sleep. They're like, you know, just maybe just vacate it, Gerald. <laughs> Go and get them coffees and chill. Um here we go. Sean Michaels and Triple H being big banter bros in the locker room is what I've written here. Uh, Triple H starts mocking him for his shorts and looks totally Trump-esque orange. Um, I, I take it as because Sean's, you know, like just sort of come off the bench to do this sort of thing. But I, Triple H is incredibly orange here. Yeah, thing. it's maybe if, if everyone's got the the big tan, it doesn't stand out quite so much. Yeah. Uh, so next we are into a good wrestling match, Adam. Yeah. A submission yeah. match for the Intercontinental title. Jericho Benoit. What more needs to be said? You know what you're getting. Eh? You you knew yeah. you're getting a good match. Yeah. No, I had two two guys that I particularly liked watching their matches over the years, and I think every time I've seen you, the you two have of to them, phrase it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you have to be careful with the words there, uh, and I think the the chemistry that they've got between them is good. That I always think every time I see them going up against each other, it looks stiff. Like that, neither mm-hmm. of them are holding anything back. They both want to mm-hmm. make it look real. Um, and you know, if you're both in there with that same mindset, that's fine. Just just do what you need to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think there. I can't think of any matches between the two that weren't good. Um, I enjoyed this one. I think with all the uh, stuff that's been going on and all the previous matches on the card, it was good to just have a have an actual wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. So the story, the story, sort of going into this is that three days ago on SmackDown, I think. Uh, I'm just going to say verbatim what's in my notes. Three days ago on SmackDown, that gigantic asshole, Hardcore Holly, did a number on Benoit's knee. Um, so so Benoit's got a big sort of stone cold style knee brace on, um, and obviously we're going to a submission match. That's a bit of a weakness. Uh, so and, and we know that Jericho's going to going to try and go for that. So yeah, they they both they both sort of go with the same method that you'd expect. They both try and isolate uh, something particular to their. Mm-hmm to the walls of Jericho and the Crippler crossface across this match, which I appreciate. Um, they're, they're both quite methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, did you enjoy it overall, though? Yeah, I, I could never remember, like, in terms of who's who's in what kind of role here, but we see when Jericho came out, it was massively over with the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, well, this is obviously before any heel turn. He's he, again, he's maybe not been there all that long at, at this point in time, but he's uh, he gets a really, really strong crowd reaction. Um, and yeah, they're just starting off going for chops, and, and then oh, yeah, uh, they're really going at each other. That's what you're talking yeah. about. They're being stiff, eh? They're chopping, yeah. aye, and. Uh, and uh, you know, there, there's an immediately, maybe not so much attempts to go for submissions, but attempts to start trying to weaken the the body parts that that, yeah. uh, that you would go for, which all makes sense. 
Um, there's there's a lot going on, you know, as we would expect with both the two of these guys. There's a lot of moves, a lot of wrestling moves on the go. Um, and they, they keep talking about the knee of Benoit. Uh, it's mentioned quite a few times, and I think quite early on, it looks like uh, Jericho is going to try and go for the, the walls of Jericho and, and Benoit kind of powers out using his legs. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, uh, but there's a, what I, I like about these two, it comes across as there's a, almost a genuine like survival instinct kicks in as soon as one of them is going for a submission move, which just makes it seem a little bit more real. You know, mm. it's it's. A, but you've trained for it. I sort have of to get out of this. I have to right right now. He's going for this. I've got to get out of it. Um, yeah. I always felt that was something Benoit did really well in his matches. Just made it look. I, I remember one with uh, Bret Hart. I think it was in WCW, um, where it's uh, Bret Hart's going to put on, trying to put on the sharpshooter, and it's like there's Benoit scrambling all over the place, trying to just avoid getting that put on him, which you know sells the move. And yeah, tells you yeah, this yeah. is a guy who's desperate not to end up in that move and lose the match. Hundred um, percent. There's a point where Benoit is working on was sort of working on Jericho's shoulder neck area, um, which all makes sense. Cross face, and he's got Jericho in the tombstone position. And mm-hmm. Jr. questions what this is that he's going to do, and Jr. says, "I don't want to say what it looks like he's doing to him." <laughs> yeah, J- Jr. was in a feisty mood here <laughs> sign of things to come um, they, they almost lost me by continually showing Hardcore Holly and Val Venus watching the matches not not a Hardcore Holly guy no. they're like, these are lower calibre <laughs> like, maybe show them watching the European title match, they're not in a continental title level, piss off <laughs> no interest in seeing Commissioner Morley or Val Venus or whatever gimmick he's doing at the moment. Piss off. <laughs> Certainly no hardcore Holly. Uh, um we get we get to a point where Jericho removes finally gets to the point where he removes Benoit's knee brace, starts whipping him with it. Um interesting interesting noting them them going for the ropes when yeah. When it's a submission match, and I, I, I honestly wasn't sure whether they had to break the hold or no, because there's no DQ in a submission match, obviously. But do they still have to break the hold after five seconds? I don't know how that would work. I mean, obviously, or how it's intended to work. Because um, do I'm trying to think. There are a couple of times it happens, and they do break the hold, don't they? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And the finish. And the finish. Benoit's got the cross face on and he does this this sort of backward roll thing where he keeps the hold and, and takes him back in the middle of the ring, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've got about Benoit, I've got these as soon as Jericho tries to stick the, the line tamer on, he's he's flopping about like a fish out of water sort of thing. I take it is that what you were referring to? Yeah, it's uh, it's somebody does a couple of times in the match, um, just trying desperately to avoid being caught in the move um, but yeah I, I liked as well that cause you, you've got um, Benoit locking in the the cross face a couple of times in Jericho I think he breaks out once and then yeah Benoit takes him immediately to, to, to the middle of the ring uh, I thought they kept Jericho looking pretty strong despite mm-hmm. the fact he, he loses here I mean they, they do the Jericho doesn't actually tap out does he in the cross face the, no the, he goes the, in the incredible ref. shade of purple yeah, and then the ref ends the match, um, 
which you know it's still a defeat but it's keeping jericho look strong uh, yeah. it doesn't doesn't weaken him having lost the match there um i don't know where ben winds up going from here but uh it feels like he's a little bit on the it's not yet getting to the stage where he wins the world title but it feels like they do have big plans for him in terms of mm-hmm. the way they're they're putting him over in in matches like this yeah Who, who's ben and Jericho face Jericho's at a Cornell champion. Just thinking, like round WrestleMania seventeen. Jericho's at a Cornell champion. Who's Benoit face? Don't know. Off the top of your head, Kane? No. Don't. No matter. Uh... I, I just, I, it kind of feels like when you were talking about Jericho not being long in the company. I feel like Jericho got off to this really, really quick start. Then. I think his first pay-per-view match was like the Road Dog or something like that, and he, he kind of right. went from like this huge big start to like the, there was the stuff with China and all that as well, um, and it's only I would say it's only really now that he's that it's similar to what you're saying about Benoit. It's only really about this time where he's starting to climb. Yeah, towards Je- Jericho is Intercontinental Champion at WrestleMania and faces William Regal. Mm-hmm. That's, opening, the, match. Open, the opening match and uh, Benoit oh it's his Kurt Angle match one of his Kurt Angle matches oh yeah. nice at Wrestlemania oh that's right because they do this sort of shoot wrestling thing to start mm-hmm. off the match it's really cool yeah oh well there you go uh, okay All right, that was a good match it was quite short I think and I think you're always thinking mm-hmm. about the Iron Man match being an hour and like we get yeah. a lot of these short matches uh-huh. And you have to, I think, position it right as well. Like, I don't think you would have wanted this going on immediately before the Iron Man match. You, uh, you need to have that match, bring everything down again a wee bit. And boy, do they take them down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get to that, we get more Briscoe shenanigans. This time it's with, you know, he's getting interviewed by Michael Cole. There's two catering workers behind him and he sort of flips out and through pure paranoia and starts attacking them both um, then we see The Rock basically finger wagging Shawn Michaels and saying you better call this down the line and Michaels giving him the sort of rubber ear like aye aye very good okay mm-hmm. it's quite funny yeah. um, and then we get a really shit tag team match yeah. <laughs> it's shit <laughs> yeah it's, so it's the it's DX Where's Billy Gunn at this point? Don't the one know. Billy Gunn, is he? Yeah, um, maybe, yeah. Um, it's DX, which is the Road Dog and X-Pac, apparently. it's J- I'm sure JR refers to them as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. It's like Road Dog and X-Pac. Road Dog and X-Pac. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, versus the Dudley boys. We're at a point where Bubbery Dudley seems to be in a trance about getting wood and power bombing women through tables. So the whole thing is Tories with X Pac, and he's just, you know, the baby face is getting cheered for wanting to put women through tables. Yeah, it, yeah. That's where we are. It's two thousand. Everything's edgy and cool. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Uh, I was actually annoyed watching this. I understand why it's where it is on the card and all that. Like you said, yeah. you couldn't have that submission match, then straight into. Uh, what you call the Iron Man match but f- mm-hmm. flipping Nora this was not good 
yeah. I, I, it, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. It was, it felt like, firstly, I didn't know other than, you know, Tori and stuff. Like, it didn't feel like there was enough there for there to be a good reason for this match. It could have, basically could have been any team with a woman that had in some way grabbed the attention of Bubba or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of, I think that I really liked DX when it was Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Um, I liked the the team. They're certainly the, the outlaws, but Road Dog and Billy Gunn. I liked the DX faction when it had all of them in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I, I, and do you know in other ways, I, I like X Pac as a worker. I, I think Road Dog's entertaining, but this just didn't grab me at all, at all. Nah, you, it's like you're getting the sort of bootleg version of the middle-aged outlaw sort of thing. Um, it's also a table match. You're never sure what the, as far as what the rules are. And earlier, kind of been that even that long ago at this point. This is May and January. The Dudleys had a table match with the Hardys uh, at the Royal Rumble, which is a, a brilliant match. Um, and to go back to the well. Uh, so quickly, obviously mm-hmm. been through TLC and all that. Uh, it just, yeah, Road Dog and X Pack are just no really. Um, I don't think up to it, sort of thing. Did um, did the at least you you got to see your one of your favourite moves, a, a Bronco Buster? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have nothing to say. Do that. <laughs> it's, it's almost like the story of this was Bubba. Needing to power bomb Tory through a table, yeah. Um, and star of the show, Gerald Briscoe comes out and and saves her, which is so random. Yeah, I mean, I suppose was she? <laughs> well, I was remember, part of that faction. Yeah, I was trying to remember in the opening segment if she was actually in the room with them, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was. <laughs> It was just a bit of a shit match that didn't feel like it needed to be there, and a bit of a shit finish, and mm-hmm. a bit of a shit gimmick for these pair of teams. Yeah, just all a bit shit. Do you know what makes me laugh though? Briscoe spent this whole pay per view trying not to get pinned and all that, but then he willingly came out in the middle of a table match, right, <laughs> and got involved in this match for his troubles. He gets three D through a table, but nobody comes and pins him. It's, it's, like, it's very strange because, I mean, you've you think got somebody, Mister 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 Q, boss man style. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I mean, you've you've got the the guys that have just put them through the table. They're stood there as well. They, I mean, I understand they're a tag team, but one of them could, you know, just just as a wee bonus, pick up that belt. Yeah, mm. I I expected Crash Holly to you know emerge from the crowd or something, but. Uh. <laughs> Disappointment. I never thought I'd be disappointed not to see Crash Holly, but there you go. <laughs> so that leads us into we get a sort of um, what I've described here in my notes as a Shining esque video of like little twin girls, and I think they say something like he's coming or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that all foreshadows what happens later. At this point, did you not remember what happened at the end? Nope, of the... even with that That's foreshadowing. Incredible. Yeah, I didn't. That's impressive. Um, which leads us to the main event. Um, oh, we just, sorry, throwing my microphone about the shop. Um, 
leads us into the main event. I'm sure I don't have any notes about the video package, but I'm sure we've got a really good video package build-up sort of thing between the two of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they focused quite a bit on the, the Backlash match. Um, right. For the title. Oh, that was when Austin returned. Yep. Aye, that was brilliant. That was really good. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we, we, get tri- we get Triple H coming out. Um, I've got that this is Triple H's best entrance music. I've got some very complimentary things here about Stephanie, which I won't repeat. Um, and uh, to me, it seems quite odd seeing Triple H coming out with Shane and Vince mm-hmm. and Stephanie all sort of behind them. That's weird. Um, and then Triple H gets in the ring and he says he wants to do this all by himself. Uh, I want to beat the Rock Man, Anti Man, one on one, all that sort of stuff. So he sends, he sends Vince and Shane backstage, and then we get, and it's a bit of anticipation, and then the pop for the Rock's unbelievable. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. It's class. Yeah. Austin Lake, I've got written here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that's, I don't know if we took it for granted at the time, but you know, watching wrestling in the many years that followed. The pops like that were not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 100%. Um, and I don't know about you, but the way that they've built this up, I thought commentary team were really, really good during this match. Um, just overall, it felt like, you know, um, Brett Sean, WrestleMania 12, mm-hmm. yep. the Iron Man match that they had, I felt, you know, if you go back and watch it now, I feel like there's certainly times where it drags. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's obvious time. There's times where they're obviously catching their breath, all that sort of stuff. I, I didn't feel yeah. that here. Um, I think that's down to to Rock and Triple H and how they put this together. Whoever put it together, um, but I, I find it's down to Jr. and King as well. I, th- I feel like they did a brilliant job throughout. There's one of the things that I noticed, and I noticed it quite early in this match. It's paced pretty sensibly um like in that they, they don't come out all guns blazing there's there's a measured pace especially mm-hmm. early on um there are you know there's moments with some rest holds and things like that but you need that or there's moments when somebody's down and, and catching a breather um but yeah I thought, I thought it was really interesting comparing it to the bret hart Shawn michaels iron man match because obviously this one goes in a totally different direction uh, which we'll go through as we as we uh, cover the match, but it was nil 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 zero zero at the end of regulation time, if you like, in the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels one, um, which is is very different from from the way we're going to go here. Uh, and there's yeah. some really good moments of, I think, logic, um, uh, certainly in some of the things Triple H does uh, in this match. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll get there as we as we go through it. Yeah, the thing I liked about this, I, I couldn't tell you how many Iron Man matches I've seen. I don't think I've I've seen any beyond this. Um, I can only really recall this one and Brett and Sean. Um, what about you? Do Do you know if they did any subsequent? They probably did. Yeah, I think that there, there's been um, there's been a few, but none that stand out in the mind the same way as these two do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling they did one on a Raw once, and it was basically the entire second 
hour of the show or something like oh, that. Wow. Uh, which just in, in hindsight seems crazy. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure there's been one on a Raw. Um, and th- yeah, there'll have been a few, as you say, just none that stick in the mind all that much, I don't think. I agree with what you're saying about them. I think you said something about them sort of starting, you know, they don't start in a frenzy. Um, that's all... Uh, believable as a word, but like you know, like they know that they've got to wrestle for an hour, so they're mm-hmm. they're no going all guns blazing. Um, they they start off with a sort of long collar and elbow tie up. It's almost like the first round of boxing match mm-hmm. feeling, Size sort of thing. Yeah, aye, and aye. they the announcers are doing quite a good job of explaining that as well. They they are pointing out you you can't come out and go a hundred miles an hour. You, you, you'll you'll be done uh, within 10 minutes and then where yeah. do you go from there? And the other thing I liked is uh, we, we get a first fall after 11 minutes, but it's not like a, you know, sometimes in matches like this, two out of three falls and multiple fall matches, like people miraculously get a pinfall win by like doing a suplex sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we get rock bottom almost out of nowhere. Uh, for the rock to take the first fall, but it's his finishing move. Um, and mm-hmm. I was thinking, imagine, imagine today's sort of climate where you know, like they kick out a six six hundred stunner sort of thing. <laughs> they would, they'd have to do like a ten hour Ironman match to get a fall. <laughs> and then something that I've never ever seen the rock do is he starts working a body part. Yeah, um, it stood out because, as you say, it's it's not. I've never really thought of him, you know, he's athletic and he's obviously charismatic. I've never thought of him as like a ring technician and things like that. Um, but I think maybe, again, the nature of the type of match it is uh, backs up the decision that he would logically do, be more likely to do something like that in a match like this, mm-hmm. where the more you can, I think, wear down your opponent, the, the better chance you've got of having success later on in, in a match like this. I thought it was it was like seeing Hulk Hogan, you know, it was like seeing Hogan yeah. doing a, a a second rope loop, <laughs> diving elbow or something. Like that, you know what I mean? It was it was bizarre. Oh, that's the written here. I would I wish I saw the Rock wrestle more like this. It was, mm. it was really cool. Um, so so I've got I've got this this kind of broken down into to different time periods right. throughout the match. So if I go beyond, just tell me if you've got things you wanted to sort of fill in. Um, but as far as 20 minutes gone, um, I've got here that Triple H looks out on his feet. The Rock is, is kind of dominating this match um, at 1-0 up. They go out into the crowd uh, and things sort of turn. Triple H sort of turns the tide as they're out in the crowd. They get back in the ring and um, Triple H gets back on top. We're now, you know, like at, at 30 minutes and The Rock is still... He's still in there and he's still working on Triple H's knee when he gets the chance. Yeah. Um, he runs Triple H's knee into the stairs. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, we're I, so we're about mid mid twenties, round about mm-hmm. there. Um and quite in a sim- in similar fashion to the way that the rock rock bottom came out of nowhere. Triple H just hits a pedigree, boom, one all. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That that you get to a stage of one all, but They've they've both used their finishing moves like you touched on earlier, but actually also, I felt like both of the pins 
kind of came a wee bit against who was dominating at the time. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And that I, I couldn't remember. The only memory I had really going into this match is that there were quite a few pins. And I had a feeling Triple H ended up winning, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But in terms of the way the scoring went and the, the pins went and things like that, I didn't know what to expect when or who was going to take the next fall and things like that, which made it pretty entertaining to watch back through. Um, yeah. Because, you know, most things we watch, we, we have a fair idea of, of what happened one way or another in terms of who wins and things like that. But this it adds another dimension when you don't know the pattern that, that, that the pinfalls are going to come in. Yeah. yeah. Similarly, I remember how this finished. Um, but I, I, and I remember thinking they did the opposite to Brent and Sean, i.e. a lot of pinfalls, but mm-hmm. I, I can remember similar to, to what you're saying. Um, so, so we're at one all, and then Triple H does the exact sort, or gets the sort of thing that you kind of want somebody to do in a match like this. He follows this up pretty much straight away. Uh, he, he rolls the rock up in an inside cradle and gets another pin, 2-1. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, yeah, me too, because you've obviously, if you're selling your finishing move, as was enough to put the guy away, then he's surely not back absolutely fine uh, anytime quickly. So why wouldn't the person try and take as much advantage as quick as he possibly could? Um, mm-hmm. And I sort of touched on earlier about Triple H doing some what I thought of as logical things to try and yeah, there's there's another one that will come up at some point, but to try and get himself the the leads and the advantage in this match. Yeah. Um, so by sort of halfway point, thirty minutes, and they're up the entranceway taking suplexes on the concrete. And I was like, oh my god, they still got you know they still got halfway to go. They're both you know their chests are heaving. And and you think about a thirty minute match, you would think that that's like a sort of main, a long main event mm-hmm. type match, um, and we go back to the ring and Triple H hits a beautiful pile driver, and that's enough to get three one. And again, that's logical. He's you know he's he's taken he's by this point rocks wrestled for half an hour, he's taken Triple H's. Um, He's taking his finishing move. He's taking the concrete uh, suplex mm-hmm. out there, and then he's just taking that pile driver. So uh, you know it makes sense yeah. that he's he's been un- unable to kick out of that as well. And the, the I like the announcers. I think it's around here as well that they are selling that basically from here the Rock cannot afford to lose the next fall. If you if you I look at where one. you are timeline yeah. wise, and it's. Uh, He's, he's two up, basically, um, that he, he can't fall that far behind. So they're telling that kind of story as we're going as well. Because what you don't want to lose is the significance of each fall within a match like this. Um, yeah. And they, they do a good job of selling that, I think. They definitely do. I, I feel like you've, you've talked before about JR liking to commentate like it was a sports event and like this mm-hmm. match just lends itself perfectly to that sort of... Yeah. Type of, type of commentary um, we get Triple H putting on a sleeper and, and just sort of slowing things down but I, I don't think my cynical mind thought they're taking a break my, cynic, uh, my, my into this mind thought that's a good idea because you're two two falls up and they're both knackered he's, again he's, he's sort of it's kind of like taking the ball at the corner mm-hmm. uh, yeah. sort of behaviour yeah 
Um, but Rock gets a little flurry. He hits his, or, or he kind of messes up. He's, you know, he used to go round the back. The guy would go for a clothesline, go round the back yeah. and hit the DDT. He, he, because they're both probably soaking with sweat, he sort of slips off him. But, but then he hits a, a DDT and he, he gets a three count there, takes it back to 3-2. Hey, and as this, I take it this next fall is your your next logical Triple H. Yeah, like move. Yeah. yeah. So so a few a few more minutes go by and Triple H says fuck it and, and levels him with a is it with a steel chair? I levels him yeah. with a steel chair. Yeah, uh, and that obviously gets a a disqualification and takes it back to three all, and then Triple H does exactly what you would do in this situation and. Pins him after leveling him with a steel chair and, and takes it back to four three. Yeah, good storytelling that. Eh? Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, that again, he's he's the heel in the scenario. He's gonna do whatever it takes to get him the biggest advantage he possibly can, and he knows fine well doing it he will lose a fall, but he knows I think as well he's gonna be able to get that straight back, and he has significantly weakened his opponent, which yep. just makes total sense. It's class. Um, probably the most surprising of all the falls uh, not that long after Triple H pins him to win 4-3 then puts him in a sleeper hold and Rock submits um, so what are we at there 12 minutes to go at that point and I remember thinking like this is getting you know this is getting so close to the end but then we've watched so many matches that have went 12 minutes and you can fit so much into a 12 minute match so oh, yeah. it's quite a long match yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so where do we go from here? Ten minutes to go. Superplex. Rock hits a, a superplex on Triple H. Uh, five minutes to go. They're on the outside, and I think Triple H takes Rock up onto the announcers' table, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but then yeah. Rock reverses it and hits a pedigree. Yeah. Onto the onto the table, um, and it's at that point that Triple H gets counted out. He doesn't answer the ten count, yep. uh, and we're back to five four. Uh, what's, so when was that? Sorry, five minutes to go. So we're we're getting excited now. We're getting sort of final flurry. They're probably hitting their, um, you know, like the, the their final gear, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We we get all the way down to two minutes to go. The rock drops people's elbow, and it's five all. So by this point, the McMahons have come down the ramp. Um, okay. So. Uh, <laughs> You kind of knew, I think, right from the start when he sends them backstage, that's probably not going to be the end of, <laughs> of that story. Um, and I, I do remember the match must have sucked me in to a decent extent because I remember seeing them and thinking, oh, like I'd, I'd kind of forgot that it's really obvious that they were going to come back down at some point. But I, I think the match just sucked me in to, mm-hmm. to the extent that I wasn't sitting waiting for it. Because um, yeah. when they did appear, it's, it's pretty obvious that that, that was going to have happened. But yeah, the, the time was also kind of flying by. I don't know what you thought when you were watching it, but uh, like every now and then I, I just checked to see how long was left on the show rather than how long the match had been, how long right. was left on the show. And I was like, oh, this is this is getting pretty close. Uh, this is getting tight. And you know then that there, there can only be so much of the match left. So, like you said, it, it sort of culminates really quickly into 
absolute carnage and chaos. So we're at five all, and it's at this point that DX decide, you know, like expat road dog are in the ring, Shane, Vince, I think they're all in the ring. Um, and then I love, I love the whole thing. A bit, hold on. Let me compose myself. I love this finish to this match. It's absolutely amazing. It's it's so silly, but also amazing. So, my, my favorite thing about it is all those guys are in the ring and they're they're you know like the rocks trying to fight them off and rocks taking a beating and all that sort of stuff. And it doesn't it doesn't um, switch to like to you being able to see that shining esque video type thing because that is playing, but you just see it in the yeah. background. I think. Sometimes you, you you would have seen it as a choice that they would have put that as the main thing on the screen and you wouldn't be uh-huh. able to see anything else. But you see it for the point of view almost from behind them in the ring uh, and you still see. And they're all sort of looking at each other confused and everything like that. And then out of nowhere, Undertaker is just there. You know, like he's down there on his bike. You've never seen him. What does he look like? You've never seen him look like this before. Yeah. And obviously, in, in retrospect, like we know what that American badass character was like, but at the time, it was it was crazy, crazy to think that there was another side to the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way he gets in the ring, and I think he grabs who's he grab? Is it a Stephanie he grabs? And he's like doing that sort of crazy yeah. face. He's making her making at her. Uh-huh. He chokes Lamb's yeah. X Pack. He. He's, he's just rattling everybody that's running towards oh, wow. him. Yeah, he gives a big boot to somebody, and it looks like he just levels them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah, this this was a total surprise for me. You obviously, I think, remembered it or, or mm-hmm. remembered this was going to happen uh, at the end of the match. I I didn't. Uh, I couldn't remember the way it was going to end. And I, see, even when it went five five all, and you're like two minutes to go. I was thinking, oh, is it going to be like, is uh, Shawn Michaels going to screw The Rock or something like that? Yeah, that's what I was kind of waiting for. But then I think when the McMahons first came down, it's like they're not happy with Michaels because they mm-hmm. don't, I think, feel he's called it enough in Triple H's favour. I mean, he's he's disqualified the man, counted him out of, of yeah, two yeah. falls. Um, so then I'm thinking, well, it's, it's, it can't be that unless, you know, they're, they're just setting me up to believe it can't be that. But yeah, Undertaker appearing was a total surprise for me. I, I had a, when, right when the finish happens, I had a, oh yeah, that, that <laughs> came in, in my mind. But even when he appeared, I was like, I don't, I don't quite know what's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking, I don't think Undertaker's at, at WrestleMania 2000. Is he not? Is that, uh, is that the only WrestleMania? Maybe not the only WrestleMania. I think he missed a couple during his run through through injury. I think he missed a couple. So the storyline is that he's walked out on his contract, I think. Um, right. And he's got beef with Vince. Uh, but he's been gone. I wish I'd looked up to see how long he's been gone for. I can't, I, I can't remember. Um, I don't remember him being at Royal Rumble 2000. Um, so he's been gone a bit. Certainly been gone a bit. So this is what I honestly, this is one of my favourite finishes. I, I think it's that kind of thing of watching a TV series, watch watching the full box of the Sopranos, and then watching getting to the end versus just watching the last episode. Mm. So like the the full culmination of this 
epic match and then this ridiculous finish put all together is just amazing. I love it. Absolutely. Still love hear it. all the enthusiasm in your voice. I don't know who put it together. I should have looked that up as well to see who actually put this together. I don't suppose you did, did you? I didn't, no. Um, and, like, I'm not the world's biggest lover of, like, the American badass character and all that, but it's just the way... It's not overproduced in a way mm-hmm. that it's, like, too much. It's just... It's kind of like being there live, almost. And there was no... I know you you said about the like the the video sequence thing uh, and the, what was it he's coming or something like that, he's, but there was uh, no I assume advertising of there's any chance of him appearing or anything. It's one of those would probably be more difficult to do now and as the years go on because someone will uh, leak uh, something or uh, or whatever. Uh, to to boost pay per view sales, you 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 drop some hints that he's going to be there or something like that. But um, I feel like he he, he just appeared kind of cold. Like there there was very mm. little indication this was happening. Um, especially not really looking for it because I didn't know that anything was going to be happening at the end of it. <laughs> um, yeah, just really well done. I suppose if it was on TV now as well, a star that big, they would want to get the. The viewers so they'd want to get out there that it was it was going to be happening but no it just yeah. and he's, he's obviously you know he's a legend he's a huge star to debut this new gimmick in this way um and yeah it ended up being around for a few years didn't it this huh? yeah. yeah um uh, it, it's brand new it's totally fresh and it's probably got a lot of people watching being like what the hell what's this is crazy what <laughs> yeah Aye. There's a great shot of him. I think he stood outside the ring and he's doing the eyes. Um, and I, I don't really remember if he did that as the American badass or not. I don't really think he did, but it was maybe just the whole like, sort of transition mm-hmm. thing. But like, I, I liked that there was this sort of little, still this little bit little of his old gimmick yeah. there. Yeah. Aye, aye. yeah, that was cool. Really nice. cool. So I, I think I think what happens, because it's so chaotic and it's they are running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what happens is Michaels DQs the Rock for the Undertaker attack and Triple H. Yeah, so um, Undertaker has choke slammed Triple H and Michaels sees it. And it's like, I don't know, the very end, the last few seconds probably of, of, of the match. Um, so yeah, the, the, the bell rings and it's... Uh, the Rock's been disqualified for that fall, so uh, Triple H leads six five right at the end. Yeah, amazing five star match for me. Um, very, very well done, and ve- I, you talked earlier about the differences between this and the other Iron Match, which we can remember with this being multiple falls. I think when I look at it and think about it, you could, God, I shudder to think what would maybe happen now, but you could get carried away. I'd be like, you know, 10-9 or something like that going into the... But it did feel like every fall was was pretty realistic, pretty mm-hmm. believable that either in duration of match and exhaustion level or just impact of the move that, that you would score a pinfall for doing that. Yeah. Um, whereas, I, I don't know, I, I see why they went the way they did in the Bret Hart-Shawn Michaels one. I, I do get it, I understand it. 
uh, makes it look like it was very, very difficult to get a pin on, on either of these guys. But um, with doing this this way, at least they made every pin seem like, yeah, yeah, that, that if this was a singles match between the two, a 15-minute match, that could have ended it. I get that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. and like, over the years, you've seen them, these two sort of feud coming up the ranks as well. So you've mm-hmm. seen them have multiple uh, epic matches over the Intercontinental title, um, and you've seen them just at that previous pay-per-view uh, go back and forward as well. So it all sort of ties in the story. Mm-hmm. Professional yep. wrestling done well. Yeah. I think it's yeah. fair to say. Um, I don't know where both go. I, I've done terrible research for this. Eh? <laughs> um, I don't know where, where both go from here. I did watch The Rock after, the night after, and The Rock just, The Rock basically whips everybody's ass that was involved. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, it, he's hammering Vince backstage. The, the, the Rock must get the belt back. Uh, oh, God, when would he get it back? He definitely. So the next WrestleMania is 17, yeah? After yep. this. Yeah. So so he faces Austin at 17. Um, and what, what? Uh, so, so when Austin came back at that backlash, he's a bit tubby. Like, I'm fairly sure he comes back. He's still out of shape and all that. And he's still, he doesn't return again for a, for a fair few, a wee bit, a few months. Right. Okay. Um, Undertake uh, Triple H is uh, up against Undertaker, which I suppose you can make sense. You can f- find a logic to uh, depend on you know what happens after this event. But uh, in effect, Undertaker's just assisted Triple H in keeping the, uh, the or winning the belt. Who was champion going into this? Yeah, Rock was champion Rock going into it. So helped Triple H win it, but um, but yeah, not in the not in the nicest, friendliest, most helpful way. Was he? I think he was. I think he was. Aye, because because Austin helped The Rock win the title at That's that right. previous pay per view. Yep. Yeah, aye, aye. Yep. So yeah, a mixed bag. But between this and Benoit and Jericho, I think they do enough to sort of tip it over to being an enjoyable, like a good pay per view. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed this match. I I enjoyed the. <laughs> Jericho Benoit, there's there's some other things on it that I thought were fine, you know, in terms of like entertainment value. Like uh, talked about the um, triple threat European title match. That that was fine. I, I, I felt the the ending a bit like you, not not one of my favourites. Um, and you know the six man tag that started off, it's it's just entertainment. But I, I quite liked seeing the the majority of those guys doing their doing their thing. Um, yeah, yeah a, a mixed bag. But the the main, it's all about the main event, really. Aye. And Aye. Uh, and it's a very very well executed uh, main event. So yeah, um, done well as you say. Um, it's probably not the easiest thing and the easiest type of match to get right. Uh, mm-hmm. It felt like they, they got this right. A hundred percent. Felt, yeah, really difficult to find flaws in it. I, I think the only thing I would have said was them running out of time at the end, but, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't even spoil it sort of thing, so aye. Yeah. Yeah, well played, Paul Levesque. Well played, Black Adam. I was just uh, looking at what the the next pay per view was, but it's a uh, King of the Ring event. The next pay per view. King of the Ring two thousand. Who won that? Kurt Angle. Uh, 
Kurt Angle Rikishi. Yeah, Kurt Angle beat Rikishi in the in the fight for that. And oh, The Rock and Kane and Undertaker up against Vince, Triple H, Shane, Vince and Triple H, and the yeah, that must be where The Rock gets the belt back. I think maybe ah. by not beating Triple H, I think he maybe beats one ah, of the Pin Vince or something like that. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't. It, it's not one I'm, I'm looking at thinking I've, I've got to make this the next one we watch. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, impressive. Hit me. Okay. So talk, talk to I, me. Talk to me about. Yeah, I talk to me about. Right. So I, I decided. I'll tell you where I started and where I got to. Right. I thought to myself, oh, Nitro, that's something I've not watched an awful lot of, right? And then I thought, my, my mind first went to, I wonder what the first Nitro was like. And I thought they, they did a lot of the story, which was, I think, around Lex Luger appearing, um, when I think everyone suspected he was still with uh, WWF at the time. Um, but then my, my thoughts went to the last Nitro. Mm. So uh, last ever episode of Nitro, you've actually got the simulcast. So <clears throat> they're doing the show, but you've got, I think it's Shane is there uh, and will appear in the ring. You've got Vince McMahon cutting in at times and being on their screen and vice versa. Um, and I thought, I'm very aware of this and I've seen stuff about it, but I don't know if I've ever actually just sat and watched, fully watched the la- what was the last episode of Nitro and talked about, you know, who's there, where the belts end up and things like that, who's mm-hmm. going to be moving across um, straight away. Obviously, we know there's quite a few that, that don't uh, and wouldn't. But yeah, it made me just think, I, I, I think it'd be good to watch the last ever Nitro. Nice. I like it. I'm game. And I, I think it, it opens up a lot of talking points. Um, yeah. Possibly some things that we've covered before, but something yeah. that we're both probably, I would... I would say quite passionate about. Yeah. Um, so what I can't remember, because we were originally going to be recording this last week, and I'm sure I had this written down, but uh, neither of us were, were 100% top of our game last week. So we so put it off for a little bit. Um, and I'm sure somewhere on a bit of paper is written down exactly when this last Nitro was, but ah, I don't okay. have it to hand anymore. Um it's March 2001 at some point. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that, I think that'll be good. That'll be interesting and hopefully entertaining. Aye. No, I, uh, w- when we went back and, and looked at fantasy booking, what we would have done with the invasion, which I'm fairly sure we made a bit of a mess of, but, um, I, think, I remember. Yeah. Like it, wait, yeah, I think it, we ended up at a really unsatisfactory draw. I think, <laughs> and we well, gave we gave SmackDown to like WCW or something. Yeah. Like that. We've been panning that if that's what we, did. we maybe didn't have enough, you know, rules or how far because it's it's never ending. Basically, is how far you could go with it. Um, that was ridiculous when you said that like King Kong should come crashing down through the building and not. Yeah. I think. I think we, we ended up, like, did we say that were rules about you can only have the people who actually moved across or something like that? And then, you know, that I was obviously... Nah, we had, we had Goldberg in there. And did we? We were, really doing, 
whatever we we wanted with it. I think so. so these these guys that are getting paid their full money to just sit at home, we're saying, nah, they came, they came. <laughs> but I remember going back and watching this episode, and find it really entertaining. So, yeah. okay, yeah. good. That was during that was during COVID. I watched that. That was during lockdown. I watched that though. So maybe that was, maybe that had like, you know, a different level of boredom attached to it. Yeah, (laughs) you weren't allowed out the house. Like cabin fever at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Aye, that sounds good. And like, like I say, I'm sure we'll get into what an absolute botch they possibly made of the whole WCW thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, I think maybe I we talk will talk about watch. that for like days. Yeah, maybe we will watch and think, well, why didn't they actually just do this? This is really obvious now. Now that we're clear minded, this is what they should have done. You never know. Have you ever listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast about that, that show, Final? Uh, Final I definitely show? have, but probably quite a long time ago. I just remember, th- I think he says there was like, there was only a few of them went, him, Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, it must have just been so surreal for like WCW guys seeing Shane McMahon walking backstage yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, so but, uh, you, you're literally you're you're seeing these guys come in and thinking, "Do I have a job tomorrow? I, I don't know. Mm. Uh, maybe I do. Maybe I don't." Um, and yeah, it turned out, I assume quite a lot of them didn't. You know, not just taking in account the actual performers in the ring, but everyone that's working for their crew and things like that that's are, they, it, are they getting picked up um yeah i probably if i was them i probably would have felt really awkward in the situation you know you're you're basically going and taking like overseeing this last ever episode of this show it's it's, it's weird all right that's gonna be interesting cool mm. good good shout good show and i've made my pick for after that but i won't reveal that right now because i will probably change it <laughs> because i've been listening to brian gubert's book i think that's why i made that pick and i'm i'm fairly sure i will change it after a couple of well we'll just be recording next week but i am sure i'll change it again you, you recommend the book um i i recommend it i listen to an audio book and it's him that him that um narrates it okay um I, I, I would, I'm not sure if I would go as far as to say that he comes across as likable. Um, okay. I don't think he does, but yeah, it's an interest. Like I, th- I find all sort of wrestling books that discuss a lot of stuff that goes on backstage interesting. Um, he seems to have overseen quite a lot of shit gimmicks. Okay. Uh, would be my take. You know, he's talking about he he, he wrote a script. Um, a screenplay for the Eugene movie. Right. Which I found, like, shockingly just what? He, he was allowed, I think he said he was allowed three months off to, to write a screenplay for the sort of Eugene, um, what, what do they call it when, like, a superhero gets his, his sort of backstory and all that sort of stuff? Uh, origin story. Aye, uh, the origin story of Eugene. He said that when he went off to, you know, Vince was Vince was the one that wanted him to do this, and he went off uh, and was off for three months. And when he came, he said Eugene was like white hot when he went off, and I think he had a match with Triple H at a SummerSlam or something. Yeah, I think that's right. um, 
He says when he came back, the crowd were booing him. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was still a baby face. Surely yeah. everyone would know something like that is not going to stay hot for long. It's, it's just not. Unbelievable. He, he said that they were putting him in like four or five different spots on Raw and all that. They were just completely overusing him. Anyway, anyway, I, I would recommend giving it a read okay. if you're interested. Okay. Cool. Right, well. So we'll sort of get away and, and get on to that that final nitro. Look out for the um, the, the 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 Iron Man match between Sean Stasiak and Bam Bam Bigelow. It's an absolute ripper. I'm suddenly worried that's real. It can't be. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, an Iron Man match over like three minutes or something like that. But yeah, it's a good one. Uh, until then, take it easy, Adel. You too. I shall see you next week. Yes. <laughs>